Welcome back, Achievers, to your Easy Achievers Game Podcast for the week of January 26th, 2023, already. I'm, of course, one of your hosts, Elijah. Sitting with me today is no one. It's just me. Just a solo episode this week, just like last week. And this week is a bit of a long one as well, so get excited for that now. Of course, this is the Easy Achievers Game Podcast. I come to you every single Friday, divulging the news that you should know. Remember to like, comment, subscribe. You know the YouTube things. Leave a nice review, podcast service. And remember, patreon.com slash is where you'd want to go if you want to help us financially. But of course, any way you support, either just by watching the video, retweeting, sharing it with a friend, anything like that, is much appreciated. Now, I'm going to get into the news because, again, like I said, it's going to be very long today. And of course, we start it just like every episode with not so rapid fire. Dragon Quest, The Adventure of Day, A Hero's Bonds, will be ending their service on April 26th. Remember, I believe this was um the... It was very big in Japan. It wasn't bigger in Japan, at least. And it was in the States. This is the mobile game for Dragon Quest. I don't, I don't really think I ever heard anyone really check it out. Uh, I'm not too, too much into Dragon Quest. It, at least not as much to try to spin off. I, I enjoy the core entries, but... Nowhere near as much as... To play like a random game like that. Forspoken came out. And um, everyone. It performed as well as everyone expected I think. I don't think anyone's surprised as. The reviews that it's been getting. But if you want to check out the game. Make sure to check out someone who's giving a review at. I will not be playing it. So I will not be giving any impressions on the game. Other than what I've seen. Which it looked as bit of a mess as I played. I played the demo. Didn't enjoy it too much. Although, I will say it looked cool, I just did not like how it played. I, I didn't enjoy the combat. The feel of the game, I feel like, was off. Um, and the actual game was very bland looking as well. But check it out if you care. Or at least check a review out of someone that you trust online. Dead Space Remastered reviews are in now. I am, like I said, recording this on the 26th. So it is not out yet for uh, the normies like me, but... You can check out at most major outlets uh, a review. I don't think anyone is shocked by this one either. Uh, just in the opposite way of Forspoken as it's as good as you thought it was. Uh, it's Dead Space but better, I imagine. And I will be playing it day of release. DualSense Edge is out and has an even smaller battle life than the standard DualSense controller. Now, this is going to be via Video Games Chronicle. The DualSense Edge includes a 1050 mAh battery compared to the original DualSense's 1560 mAh battery, which itself was an increase on the PS4 DualShock 4's 1000 mAh battery. Now, the battery life could be more effectively used, so it could be not as bad on paper, but Sony themselves stated that in the past it will have a shorter battery life. I'll be interested to see, like full-on reviews of this i saw a few are i believe are posted by the time i'm recording but um i haven't delved into it i was gonna buy this but i don't play the playstation enough to really warrant buying this thing i love my elite controller as i've said many times on the show but i don't think i play the, the playstation enough to really warrant purchasing this i feel like let me know if anyone at home has this though i'll be curious to see if you like it or not it looks beautiful but don't think i'll be buying it Justin Roiland has resigned as CEO of Squanch Games, the developer behind the High on uh sorry developers behind the game High on Life. The studio mentioned that they received the resignation on January sixteenth. 
Squanch Games stated they will continue to support High on Life and will, quote, keep developing games we know our fans love, end quote. Justin Royland, the studio's co-founder, earlier this month was charged with felony, felony domestic battery with corporal injury and false imprisonment by menace, violence, fraud, and or deceit in Orange County in an alleged 2020 incident with an unnamed Jane Doe that Royland was dating at the time. Royland pled not guilty and in 2020 was released on a $50,000 bond. Preliminary hearings have already occurred and Royland is set to return to court on April 27th. He is, of course, the famous co-creator of Rick and Morty, and Adult Swim recently came out in a statement stating they have, quote, ended its association with Justin Roiland, end quote. According to The Hollywood Reporter, they will be continuing Rick and Morty, but recasting the voices in the many roles Justin has performed on the show, which are, of course, the two main characters. Rick and Morty. Now, quite the surprise, I think, for most people that came about this, um... Uh, at least shocked me. I, I was a big fan of Rick and Morty. I still am, I guess. Um, but it's a bit soured now, of course, with these allegations. Of course, I, I everyone here knows innocent until proven guilty. Something I believe in, but I don't know. It seems it just it seems so damning on paper when you read it like that. And felony is no small charge. They don't throw those lightly. But we'll have to see what happens. See if he actually did these things. And of course. Uh, it seemed like he. this was almost like a nuclear bomb. Like, the moment this came out, everyone just kind of, boop, pulled pins and released themselves from working with Royland. And uh, his co-creator, Diane Harmon, is going to be taking over Rick and Morty. And uh, unclear how Squanch Games will go, because High in Life and all these other games are so identifiable with him. So I, I'll be curious to see what Squanch has to do now to not only differentiate themselves from him. Like, you can't bring someone that's going to sound like him, right? So you're going to have to be very different in the way you approach your games now and the same with assumably rick and morty as well now this wasn't the only thing that came up this is the only thing that of course he is criminally charged up but i did see on twitter people were um retweeting a story about him engaging with underage women i would like everyone to go check that out as i am not saying it is true or not true but the um pictures are pretty damning to say the least um i will say uh you know what no you everyone there go check out that as it wasn't really a full-on news story to cover but i do want to bring it to everyone's attention if you want to learn more you can look that up as well but the actual allegation or the actual charge i wanted to share here as of course everyone immediately distanced themselves from this man the moment this all came to light Unfortunate here, nonetheless, and hopefully justice is served. This is going to be via games industry of biz. Proletariat has withdrawn its request for unionization, according to a statement from CEO Seth Savak. Quote, unfortunately, Proletariat CEO Seth Savak chose to follow. Oh, wait, I messed this up. This is not from him. Who is this from? This was as not the statement was not from him. Let me grab the story really quick. Apologies for that. Proletariat union. Let's get this. So uh, they originally announced that so this is an Activision Blizzard studio. And they announced that they were going to be doing the union. Um, I want to say back in the beginning of last year. Let's see here. Yeah, so the CWA blamed the studio's management 
saying that proletariat CEO, quote, took the workers' concerns as a personal attack and held a series of meetings that demoralized and de-empowered the group, making a free and fair election impossible, end quote. Uh, someone says, those meetings took their toll, added Dustin Yoist, a software engineer at proletariat and a member of the union's efforts organization committee, whose comments were emailed to the press alongside CWAs. Uh, which is the um, Communication Workers of America, which were pretty much like help leading these things with the union election that goes to the National Labor Relations Board. Um, and pretty mu that's pretty much the story. It all went down. Uh, they are pausing the union efforts, which I imagine means they are stopping the union efforts, um, which is unfortunate for people involved, but I don't know their... Situation, so I'm not going to cast aspersions. Uh, I'm always behind unionizing, but if they feel the need to not do it, then that is their prerogative. I will add that Activision Blizzard representative um, did respond for a uh, request for comment from Gainsborough's Trump, saying, quote, We appreciate that the CWA has unilaterally decided to withdraw its petition in response to employee feedback. As we said, we welcome the opportunity for each employee to safely uh, express their preferences through a confidential vote. Our team at Proletariat does extraordinary work every day. They remain focused on working with their teams to continue to make Proletariat a place where we all grow, thrive, and be a part of an amazing team and culture. End quote. Now, you can read into that however many ways you'd like. I honestly don't know how to take it, as it does seem like the workers did it voluntarily, but you can always be swayed management right and the last thing a giant corporation wants you to do is to take power from them i think we can all agree on that so we'll have to see if this evolves according to axios reporter sarah fisher it seems that the washington post has closed its dedicated gaming news section called launcher and has laid off 20 people in the process launcher was released in 2019 and was washington post's attempt at getting a classically trained journalist environment to write about games didn't seem to really take off, and I never really saw many uh, stories that were very relevant to at least uh, the major interests of the gaming industry, or at least maybe maybe was a run well. I don't know. I never really even checked the site out. Uh, I garner news from as many places as I can for this show, and I can say for 100% fact I never once went to Launcher, I don't believe, and if I did, it was only once. And uh, clearly, I didn't find anything worth going back to. But uh, always sad to see people leave. 20 people being laid off. No small, f uh, nothing small there. That's very sad. So heart goes out to everyone there, of course. Not to mention, uh, not too much to mention here, but the Skydance is seeking capital with the launch of a public investment campaign in which they have already raised $11 million through private funds. Of course, Skydance, known for the Telltale Walking um, Dead um continuation when they helped first off they helped with the original game but they also helped finish the game with telltale went out of business uh they are technically still in business but not necessarily relevant to the story but uh i wanted to uh, bring this to attention as who knows what they're raising it for maybe they're going to continue their venture into gaming maybe they just need some extra capital to uh spice some things up and something else i don't know but they needed some funds and it is open to the public, so you can actually go do it. It starts at $500, and uh, there's incentives. Uh, so go check it out if you like. Obsidian CEO Fergus 
Your cart says in an interview with Game Pressure that when asked if he could possibly create another Fallout under Obsidian, he said, quote, I would love to make another Fallout before I retire. I don't know when that is. I don't have a date on my retirement. He continues, it's funny you can say I'm already 52 or only 52. It's one of those two, depending on the day. My hope is that it'll happen, but we'll have to wait and see, end quote. That's very cool. Um, I would love to see Obsidian do another Fallout. New Vegas was very good. Uh, I think it's, uh, if you love Fallout, you I feel like you pretty much at least like New Vegas, right? And that's crazy to say as Bethesda didn't originally make that. And I feel like Bethesda almost doesn't like it. I don't know, of course, the culture inside the studio, but I feel like it rubbed them the wrong way that someone else um, got so much attention or something because they don't really ever bring it up. Right, it's always three and four. It's never really mentioned. Of course, they never made it, but I, th- I don't know. I feel like I feel like people there are kind of sour on that. I'll be curious to see if it ever happens. I feel like if it does, it'll be someone above them telling them to let it happen versus them kind of approving of it. We'll have to see though. Maybe I'm misreading it. Of course, I I only can go on guessing because I don't know anyone there. Now this is another games and shabbos article. They've been writing some fantastic. Uh, articles and editorials over there. And I wanted to bring this up. And everyone here knows that I don't write things that almost uh, is verbatim of what is written. I'd rather just read the story, um, give some context, and make you go read the rest to go give them a click. And this is actually a really good one. This is by Jane Battler over there. Of course, at Games of Shop is Blizzard terminates WoW classic co-lead over protest against employee ranking policy. I wanted to uh, give a little bit of this, and again, I never finish these. I, I leave it um, open-ended to you to make you go uh, read the rest of it. Give them a click, of course. A Blizzard manager has been fired following a dispute with the company over its employee evaluation system. World of Warcraft Classics co-lead developer Brian Birmingham confirmed he no longer works at Blizzard via Twitter following a Bloomberg report that he was terminated after refusing to lower an employee's ranking. According to the site, Blizzard introduced a stack ranking system in 2021, whereby staff are ranked on their performance, but managers are expected to give the lowest status developing to around 5% of their team members. A developing rating can lower an employee's profit sharing bonus and may hamper their prospects of pay raises and promotions. In email to staff reviews by Bloomberg, Birmingham expressed frustration over the system. He indicated that the email was authentic via Twitter, but emphasized that he was not the one who provided it to the publication. In the email, he added that while he and other WoW managers have managed to avoid filling quotas in previous years, he was recently forced to lower an employee's ranking from successful to developing in order to meet that 5% expectation. Quote, when team leads ask why we had to do this, World of Warcraft directors explained they, while they did not agree, the reasons given by executive leadership were that it was important to squeeze the bottom most performers as a way to make sure everybody continues to grow, Birmingham wrote. This sort of policy encourages competition between employees, sabotage of one another's works, a desire for people to find lower performing teams that they can be the best performing worker on and ultimately erodes trust and destroys creativity. And quote, there's plenty more that I could read from this article. Like I said, I'm leaving it to so make sure you go read it. It's very fascinating. And I appreciate this gentleman's stance that he took. That is uh, on paper, stupid as fuck. Excuse my French here. Uh, that you have to give someone 
a lower ranking and it affects the money they make. That is hilariously inept and borderline moronic. I couldn't believe that. Uh, you're telling me that not everyone can be great? That doesn't make any sense. I understand the thought process, but we're not computers. So we would... Um, we have to get a little more creative on how you push people rather than forcing 5% of your labor to always, always be uh, bad. It doesn't make any sense. I've had a taste of moronic leadership like that when I worked at uh, GameStop for a while. And uh, literally things like that is so common it would blow people's minds who have not worked in like a corporate environment like that. It's like the amount of clear unknowing from top to bottom is hilariously common moving on what have you been playing now of course this is to everyone listening to this very podcast right now what have you been playing i'll be telling you what i've been playing and i want to know what everyone at home's been playing as well uh, but what i've been playing is more mass effect i can't really get too creative from last week because that's all i've really been doing i'm playing mass effect actually this is something new i've been doing um I'm playing more. I played uh, some Among Us. I never actually played this game before, but I play this a lot with people I normally play Destiny with. Um, but if uh, I don't know if anyone at home listens to the Destiny news, but I actually had to go down for a day to fix some issues uh, with the game. I won't bore anyone with what the issues were, but I played some Among Us, and God, that really is as fun as it looks. I had a blast. Had a blast playing that game. Um, I had about like seven people, I think, playing at a time, and that was so good. It was like perfect balance of like wins and losses, and like you have to be deceptive and you have to do these tasks. I'm not. I don't think I'm surprising anyone with 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 uh, this game saying it's good, but it, I really did have a blast. Though. I can't wait to to play some more. Um, that's really all I have to add. It's in new stuff. I've really just been playing Mass Effect. I'm on to Mass Effect Three, uh, specifically the Citadel DLC right now. I'm gonna do the beginning, um, and then wrap up the rest of the game. Very close to the end. Very close to the platinum for all three games. On the PlayStation, and then fully getting all the trophies in the expanded Legendary Edition uh, set as well. Very excited! Cannot wait to to get this plats done because it will be very satisfying to see um, all of them lined up like that with all the trophies. And that, that's all I've really been playing: those Mass Effect games, and then the um, that one Among Us game, Destiny, on and off. Nothing I really had there. Nothing, nothing crazy. Getting ready for the new expansion, of course. Moving on. Rumor Roundup. Nothing. Nothing this week. I couldn't find anything compelling enough to one that, that had enough back behind it that I felt like I should comment on it. And then two, just nothing anywhere close. And if anything close to a rumor, if, you know, was like, eh, that's not really a rumor. Yeah, I just put it in the regular show. So we're skipping Rumor Roundup for this week. But again, we do have a media show about it. About to hit, hit you. So get ready. There was, of course, um, by the time you were listening to this, the microsoft developer direct that happened i wrote up a quick write-up wrote up a quick write-up my god terrible at talking today uh, about what was shown i'm gonna generalize a lot of things but this is pretty much the meat of what was shown and it's some very exciting things actually microsoft finally did something very very impressive this as they were very quiet last year so we actually got some news about games coming out shocking to say the least uh, but my god, we might actually have games this year if you're an Xbox fan. So, let's see. 
Microsoft Legends shows some of their PvP mode. Each PvP session, like a camp, like the campaign, will be procedurally generated. Their PvP mode centers around going against someone whose goal is to destroy your base with the many monsters in Minecraft, and the opposing player, of course, wants to keep their base from falling. Uh, it's it's almost like a amalgamation of like a like a team versus like a four v four, almost like capture the flag, but instead one person is attacking the base and you're trying to destroy it. It's almost like a tower defense game. So that's what it reminds me a lot of. Uh, but like fulfilled to the maximum inside of Minecraft and you are like building these things. It looks, it actually does look very fun. It does look like one of the games though that you have to have, you know, a lot of people just like something like Sea of Thieves or something where it's like, it's a good game, but it's only really good when you have three other people with you. You know, like it seems like one of those games where it's like, eh, unfortunate, but it still looks very good. Very excited to see how this does. April 18th is the release date. Also, it looks very beautiful, too. I always forget Minecraft. Looks good. It looks very pretty. For what it is, of course. Turn 10 shows off Fortis and Motorsports. Um, nah, I don't have much to add here. I'm not huge into the uh, Motorsport franchise. I'm more of a Horizon guy, but... Uh, motorsport beautiful they actually went out and captured three terabytes of footage and photos for this game to try and create a photorealistic environment there they are confidently saying that this is the most detailed and best racing game ever made uh, of course of course they want to say that but um it's their game but i will say it did look impressive i was watching it on my uh big uh oled screen and it looked very pretty looked very pretty the the um actual cars were stunning i can't i can't wait to see more of this game and um I, uh, it's come to game pass so hey i'll play it on game pass no firm release date was given by the way uh which worries some i saw some people were like that's strange that you still don't have a release date for that and although i do agree it is strange i i doubt they they'll miss it uh they they gave the 2023 date i i'm confident they'll hit it Tango Gameworks is up next. Now, I don't know if you saw this uh, part, but they did the quote, yeah, that's me. I guess you're wondering how I got here, uh, end quote joke, which at first I was like, all right, I feel like we're a little late on that. But hey, at least they showed up with the, the actual game with Hi-Fi Rush. So first off, Sunset Overdrive out of the, the wazoo here, right? huge sunset overdrive vibes the moment this game is showed to my eyeballs and then the moment they get into traversal in these things i'm like wow this looks this looks like they were hugely inspired by sunset overdrive clear inspiration here um i wrote uh i literally wrote down looks cool main character has a music player in his chest he does um very colorful bombastic with busy screens in the combat the, the combat does look a bit busy I'm, i can't wait to try this out i will be trying this out very soon uh, to give you guys a full impressions video later, but uh, the game has a rhythmic action-based uh, mechanic to it. The player has a sense to move to the beat of the world, which is the actual game soundtrack. So as you're playing, the soundtrack is playing, you are trying to match the soundtrack with your combat. So think something like um, the recent Doom-inspired uh, rhythmic shooter game. Oh my god, I can't believe I'm blanking on this. Everyone at home screaming the name, I'm sure. Or if you're at work or something, I'm sure you're like, oh my god, it's uh, Metal Hellslinger. There we go. I didn't even have to click anything. I opened the new tab and I was like, I immediately remembered it. Yeah, Metal Hellslinger. So, you know, you had to keep with the beat of the soundtrack. Boo, boo, boo. You're doing that with this too. Now, 
you can do this in actually three different ways, which is interesting. Um, you can, you know, use your ears to hit the beat with your combat, right? You're smacking, you're hitting people, you're, you're uh, doing an actual combat. You have a little kitty kind of sidekick with you at all times that turns into this little ball. I guess it's like an Android thing. I don't know. Flies with you. That actually pulses with the beat too. So you can like follow the cat with the pulses and you can hit that as well. Or you can, I believe this is an accessibility thing. There's a bottom meter that also is doing the same thing. It's like a little cat symbol and, and the the beats are hitting the cat as, as you should be hitting the button. So you can time it like that too. Looks very fun. It seems like to have captivated a lot of people because, um, uh, as I will add at the very end here, uh, Hi uh, uh, Five Rush announces a shadow drop, and it is releasing that day. So at the uh, at that moment, they said we are going live now. Game Pass, boom! Like you have Game Pass, you can play it in a couple hours, is what they said. Very impressive. They were able to do it pretty much. They're able to kind of hide it. There was little. T I saw little rumblings of like Tango GameWorks will be there to show off their game. Um, I didn't read too too much else into it because I was like, oh okay, I'll see it at the thing because I think it was a couple hours before a thing. But I, they kept it under wraps. Shock, shocking to say the least. I'd say very impressive. Very excited to try this game. It looks very fun. Everyone at home knows I'm not usually into the rhythm games. Not usually. Um, but this one looks a little different. This looks like I, I might be able to get some help. I might have to tone the difficulty down if there even is difficulty in this game. Um, I might have to tone it down because I really am bad with rhythm. But if it's hitting on all cylinders, it, it might be enough to get me in there. ESO is up with the announcement of Necrom. Um, so this is their new expansion. They didn't go too into it. They announced a new character will be available in the expansion. But they pretty much kind of like showed it and were like, hey, we're going to do a global reveal after this thing. So you could watch that if you wanted to, to get like the full details. I'm only going to be adding that all the DLC and previous chapters for the game are going to be free for a limited time. I believe on both Xbox and PC and I think on PlayStation. I should have checked that prior to this, but I'm pretty sure it's on all platforms that it's available on. And then um, uh, the actual expansion will be coming June 5th for PC and then June 20th for everything else that's on. So June 5th for PC, June 20th for everything else. Platforms on. Be very excited. It looks cool. I wish I can get into this. I feel like if I did, it would consume my life. Similar to what Destiny does at sometimes. So I feel like it's healthy that I only have the one. Right? I feel like I, I feel like it's 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 better that I have the one thing versus I get hardcore into the other thing and then I lose my mind and I get crazy. We're ending with Redfall from Arcane showcasing their open world started with a side quest where you had to reactivate a lighthouse kind of showcasing like what you're going to be doing in the game like this is what a quest looks like show some of the environmental storytelling which is straight out of left 4 dead i mean the game already looks like left 4 dead with how the um overall guns and like of course it's an fps uh, but like the the just the overall look there's the four characters they all have these unique bomb like uh personalities attached to them they're very talkative in the, in the, like, the trailer so it already feels like left for dead and you're fighting a dead thing right so um but the even the environment with the writing on the wall that's so direct left for dead that too with like things left from survivors and things so it already seems even more inspired by left for dead than we all thought um uh, then they went to reclaim a, a bar in the world. Then they went to destroy a vampire nest. They showed off some of the abilities you'll be unlocking. Um, and you've seen an extensive uh, 
uh, it see which seems um, very expansive given the size of the screen. So when they went to the abilities, uh, that there was a quite a bit of skills for this game, quite a bit. I imagine builds will be very popular for this game because that screen was massive with how many nodes you could use to upgrade things. I don't know how minute it gets. I don't know if each thing is like a full fundamental change to mechanics. I can't imagine it is because there's so many, but we'll have to see. Uh, also showing off the uh, guns look unique with the ability to customize stakes in their weapons. Now they didn't say you can customize the guns. They said you can customize the stakes on, on some of the guns. So I'm assuming you're getting or unlocking a gun and then you can then customize the stake on it. And then maybe there's some sort of skins in the game. I don't know. They didn't really go into that, but y'all know I was already into it given the um, original trailer for this game that didn't even show gameplay, which is very rare for me. I'm usually not that guy, but this got me very excited. I'm very, very excited for this game. I cannot wait for it to launch. I cannot wait to give this a shot. It looks very fun. I will say, I hope it has a bit more story than it's letting on. It does look like one of the mission, mission, mission. And, and the issue with Back for Blood is everything happens kind of in the background. You are really supposed to just play the game. But I, I, I like a little story in the game. Like, at least, if you're going to tell the story, at least tell me, like, through the cutscenes. Or, or maybe you don't even have to have cutscenes. Maybe have some something going on to keep me going where it's not literally just playing the game like back for blood was um again we'll have to we'll have to see may 2nd is the release date very soon very soon only a few months away we'll know if we, if the game is good or not i really do think it is i think arcane's gonna knock this one out of the park it looks very beautiful and it looks like it's going to play very well uh, this is to note in the official blog post for this event to summarize the developer direct Xbox mentions the return of their quote yearly showcase this summer end quote. Uh, assumingly, this is their return to L.A. for their e uh, quote unquote E3 showcase, you know, um, E3 is apparently happening this year. So I assume this is what they were talking about. Now, it is technically unclear if it's E3 or Summer's Game Fest or if it's just neither and they're just going to happen and they're just going to be like, oh, you know, it's happening this day around other things. I don't know. But they did say they're coming back. Important to note. Now, let's get into some financials. That's always exciting, right? Microsoft releasing posted its financials for its second quarter. And with that, of course, we get a peek into the earnings for Xbox. As a whole for that quarter, not, now the company does not share revenues for each division as stated by Games Shop Biz, which is where I got the numbers from. Um, now, with the revenue of Microsoft reported, that revenue is a $52.7 billion. Um, that is uh, up 25% year on year. Net income of $16.4 billion, that is down 12%. Um, now on to the gaming division and personal computing, which includes Xbox and their revenues, 14.2 million. This is down 19%. The gaming revenue is down 13%, but they did not provide a specific number. Xbox content and services revenue is down 12% with hardware revenue down 13% as well. But the CEO of Microsoft, Satya Nadella, told investors on the earnings call that they saw, quote, new highs for Xbox Game Pass subscriptions, game streaming hours, and monthly active devices, end quote. Important to note, upon reading, I found uh, Satya stated the following, quote, the next major wave of computing is being born as Microsoft Cloud turns the world's most advanced AI models in a computing platform. We're committed to helping our cus uh, customers use 
our platforms and tools to do more with less today and innovate for the future in a new era of AI, end quote. Wow. Okay. Where do I start? Let's start with money. Uh, what makes the work go round? Now, less than stellar uh, <laughs> revenue pitchings, right? They're down in every which of the word. I'm shocked that they're down. Oh, wait. No, I'm not because they didn't release anything last year, right? They didn't really, they couldn't really, or at least had trouble incentivizing people to come by the system, right? And I think this is still a bit of the COVID falling down, uh, but I, I do think this is pretty much entirely the fault of Xbox here as they just didn't have anything to buy last year, right? Well, what was your reason to buy an Xbox, right? They're seeing more active users, which is good for them. They did have a recent push into Game Pass on PC, which is, I imagine, where they're getting a lot of their um quote unquote new uh monthly active users from but i would like to reiterate it does seem like people just aren't buying things shocking as game pass is easily a thing that you would just buy and then not buy other things i've already stated that we see in the even in the games industry let alone regular people that people are almost complaining when games aren't on game pass um it's important to know a lot of these people get games for free anyway so i can't imagine what the problem is but I would like to add that a lot of these people pointing these things out and, and I, I get almost scared where I'm like, that doesn't work that way. We have to still support a lot of these games. That's where we're, even if some things come on game pass, I do at least try to still buy them. Um, sometimes when I can afford it as, uh, I still, still want the dollar to go a long way. I'm sorry. Like game pass is just not going to sustain a lot of these games. Um, I know some people argue that if you like, get everything in a bucket and put it together like microsoft as a whole is making more money with game pass than without it that might be true i don't know i doubt it i don't i just don't see it on paper it, i mean it's clear look how hard they're trying to hide how much xbox probably isn't making money right if it was making a good bit of money you you wouldn't have to know you wouldn't have to like think about how much money they made uh, to piece out how much right they would tell you they'd be like look how much money we make. so clearly they had a down year curious if that was one of the worst years they've had in a while because again they aren't releasing anything they they made this system they don't have any games releasing on it they're having issues getting people i am assuming to be interested in it outside of game pass into actually once they buy the system which again they probably aren't even making money on to begin with they probably aren't making any money on the series x when you buy it they're probably might be losing money they might be losing like 10 to 20 bucks depending on how the um economy is working at that moment <clears throat> or at least what year we're talking about so it's hard to justify these things right it's hard to say like oh yeah we're down this and this and this uh, and also we're not making money on the system we're selling so like and also we're not making money on game pass because a lot of people only upgraded for a dollar and we're still working through the people that uh, had like back paid subscriptions like that that we had to like combine everything in so curious what the end game is i would love to ask phil that i would love to ask like what is like you're not they're, they're not stupid there they know they would have trouble leading into this year now i do think they would they thought by 2023 they would have more games out and also i think they would they wouldn't think that halo would have immediately fallen off a literal cliff or at least proverbial cliff in terms of usage and game pass and and how many people are playing the game and monetization blah 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 you know all of these things so i imagine even phil is probably uh, uh which of course ceo of xbox gaming over there even phil probably is sitting there like ah, i did not really think it would take this long 
clearly someone's at fault for that happening. I don't know who it is. Is it Matt Booty, which is I'm pretty sure he's still still there. Um, is it Phil? Is it is it no one's fault? Is it everyone's collectively fault? I don't I don't know. But Microsoft's uh, I mean, look, Microsoft can definitely bleed the money. They don't care. It's not really the issue. The issue is, what if this is still happening in a couple years and someone like Satya is not there? Clearly, he loves gaming. Um, uh, not to uh, bring up his son because he unfortunately passed away, but um, his son is a lot of the reason why a lot of accessibility things are made. So clearly, he he was close to gaming as his son, I, I believe, um, enjoyed gaming a lot, even though he, he was um, not able to play a lot of games. That's why... Uh, he was really behind the um, accessibility control that Xbox made because that was something that his son could use. But um, uh, important to note that none of this looks good now. We'll have to see if Redfall, Starfield, Forza Motorsport, um, Hi-Fi, right? like, let's see if that starts re-energizing people. I think Starfield is going to sell systems. Is it going to be enough? We'll have to see. Very excited. Exciting times. Hogwarts Legacy, we don't talk about that enough, right? Now, it's been a long time since we've really discussed the J.K. Rowling discussion that's happening around this game. It's almost like a nuclear bomb or some sort of active bomb that you have to almost, like, slowly dismantle as you're talking about it. Because, like, if you say something wrong, someone somewhere will be mad at you for something. So, I'm going to first... Hmm. I will read the story that I wrote up. And then I'm going to read you... Um, a very good article from Glamour that I found. So let's do that. J.K. Rowling and the Hogwarts Legacy Debate. That's why I titled it. Avalanche Software developers of Hogwarts Legacy really gave a cryptic but clear answer on their thoughts about working on a Harry Potter title, given the recent comments and views given by the series creator J.K. Rowling. Alan Tu, the game director, gave this statement when asked about the drama around the game and its... Uh, uh, and its views of the creator quote i think for us there are challenges in every game we've worked on this game has been no different when we bumped into those challenges we went back and we refocused on the stuff that we really care about we know our fans fell in love with the wizarding world and we believe they fell in love with it for the right reasons he said we know that they're the first audience for us. It's making sure that the audience who's always dreamed of having this game had the opportunity to feel welcomed that they have a home here and that it's a good place to tell their story. End quote. Now he does go on because he is asked again, does JK Rowling's recent comments affect his ability to work on the game pretty much? Um, or has he ever rethought working there pretty much since JK Rowling's done the thing? And he pretty much just says, uh, we want to make the game for everybody. So, if you're at home thinking like, wow, that's very careful speech, it's because it is. He's media trained. He's not dumb. This man has been told what to say. Uh, but I do think he has woven in what a lot of the people at the studio think, regardless of your position on the situation where J.K. Rowling, you, maybe you think she's right or wrong, or maybe she's a mixture of both things, or maybe you don't care about this and you're just buying the game anyways, and you're hoping I move on to the Naughty Dog story that's right after this that I'm very excited about talking about. Regardless of those, uh, which position that you're sitting in, I do want to reiterate that Hogwarts Legacy is probably being developed by 
Let's see how many people work at Avalanche Software. We're going to figure that out together. Um, let's go to LinkedIn. And let's go to Avalanche Software. This isn't always a surefire way of um, looking up uh, headcounts. But it sometimes can at least get you close. They don't always post these things. Uh, that's industries. We need software. Software. I always forget that the word doesn't revolve around me. I can't like just put it in my thought and assume it's all going to come up there. So let's see. Let's see if they... So uh, A little over 150. So close to 200 employees. Close to 200 employees. Let's assume that they didn't even get a support studio, which is not... They definitely had more people than that work on this game. Let's Let's just say... Just those people touched the game, right? So we'll just we'll just say 180 people have touched Hogwarts Legacy. It's gonna be way more than that, but we'll say that for sake of the argument. I will try to make here for you. The reason that I've never once even thought about not buying this game, um, is because one, I'm a, I'm a big, I'm a pretty pretty big Harry Potter fan. I'm not the hugest, right? I do like Harry Potter. It's something me and my wife has bonded over. Is what me and a lot of my friends have bonded over, but. There's one thing that I've never really thought about. Now, there's another 180 people working on this game, right? Working on this game. That, regardless of their thoughts, have touched this game. Maybe you agree with them. Maybe you disagree with them. Now, I just don't jive with the thought process that comes along with fully expelling something from um, being purchased by others through a specific view of what we've had on one person at the top. <clears throat> Let me see if I can clean that up a little bit better. I have no problem with anyone anywhere not buying anything for any principle they have. It's really your life, and I don't really want to say what you should think. If you don't want to buy Hogwarts Legacy because you just don't agree with what J.K. Rowling has said in the past, you should not buy the game. You should also, for any other reason, for any other thing, don't buy it. Like, if you don't like, um, I mean, Jesus, we just talked about Justin Rowland. That's a perfect example of this situation, right? If that is forever tainted Rick and Morty for you, I don't judge you for not buying that game or watching Rick and Morty or buying the next Squanch games or something like that, even though he's not involved anymore. Maybe this just tainted it for you. And, and now you have a principle that's like, you know, I just can't not think about him when I watch that game. There's nothing wrong with, with thinking that, right? There is something wrong, however, with trying to um, pass judgment onto others for also making a uh, different decision that you have with the same information. Maybe more in some instances. And what I mean by that specifically is there's nothing wrong with one individual buying Hogwarts Legacy over another as they both come probably to the same conclusion and whether, again, you agree with what J.K. Rowling or not, they're either enjoying the game outright and just buying it to enjoy a Harry Potter game. Maybe they agree with J.K. Rowling and want to buy it or maybe they disagree altogether or they don't even know this happened and they want to buy it. I don't have... Any issues with someone saying, I'm not buying it for X reason. I do have an issue for people trying to push their thoughts onto others. Um, because we all live in glass houses. Let's be clear about that, right? 
I use an iPhone. Um, that's made at Foxcom, Google Foxcom. If you don't know what that is, um, first off, you should probably read more. Um, I have a PlayStation 5. I have an Xbox. They were all made um, with the help of Foxcom places in China. Um, horrific conditions. Horrific. Period. Right? Terrible. Awful. Uh, we all have phones that have cobalt in them. Cobalt is mined from Africa. Um, I'm sure everyone saw the viral cobalt mining things, the terrible practices that are happening over there. Um, the the pretty much slavery that's going on, right? We can all agree. It looks horrific. Uh, it's And we just are participating in it, right? We all have phones. We all have these things that are morally unjustifiable if you very much look at it in a broad term. But we've all sacrificed these things because that's just how it is. If we all wanted to be morally correct, we wouldn't buy pretty much anything other than raising your own chickens and like eating them yourselves, right? I mean, Jesus, even the ground beet we need is made in horrific ways that I try not to think about when I'm eating a cheeseburger. So, to cast dispersions for someone buying J.K. Rowling, but not casting dispersions, or not expecting dispersions to then be cast on you, is something that I just don't really agree with. I don't really understand the viewpoint of someone that says, you shouldn't buy Hogwarts Legacy, because if you do, you are, or at least are supporting a transphobe. But then going around with an iPhone or a car, or, I mean, really, anything in our normal lives, our t TV, I mean, I mean, anything, right? Car bat, I mean, all of our stuff is pretty morally unjustifiable. And again, I want to reiterate this. If you have a personal belief that you, yourself, do not want to buy this game, you should not buy it. You should not. You should always stand by your principles. I try to. I fail a lot, but I try to at least stand by some things that I think at the end of the day I should not stand uh, I should stand up for. And I think everyone at home should make that decision for themselves. If they buy the game, good for them. If they don't, they don't. But do not cast uh stones. When you live in a glass house, it's the old, probably one of the oldest sayings that I know, but I really do feel like it's important for this specific situation because none of us can talk. None of us, absolutely none of us, unless you are like living in the woods and you hunt or something by yourself and you don't use anything. And if if that is you, you're not listening to this or having this conversation, so it doesn't matter. Um, but I don't know. I want to. Uh, I'll step off my proverbial um, soapbox here as I've kind of rambled here for a little bit, but I do want to move on to give people context to this situation. I should have read this at the beginning. I do have, um, like I mentioned, the Glamour article up. It's very good. I want to reiterate. Um, this was written by, let me get the name, Abby Gardner. Very good article, Abby, if you're listening. I doubt you are. <laughs> now, she wrote um, a lot of stuff. Um, I will not be covering here because it would just be a J.K. Rowling episode. And also, another reason, I want you to go read this to have a full, full, full breakdown of why people are upset. Just in case you haven't, you don't really know, I feel like it's very common for the internet to be mad at someone but not really know why, <laughs> you know? I, I think we've all been guilty of that, where you're you you kind of you're mad at someone and then someone asks, oh, what'd they do? And you're like, 
you know, they did, like, I think they yelled as, like, you don't really remember. So let's, let's, let's use uh, this very good Glamour article to at least give um, some perspective on all of this. And uh, what did J.K. Rowling say exactly? On June 6th, 2020, Rowling retweeted an op-ed that discussed, quote, people who menstruate, end quote, apparently taking issue with the fact that the story did not use the word women. Quote, people who menstruate, I'm sure, and this is uh, the quote from J.K. Rowling. People, uh, quote, people who menstruate. I'm sure there used to be a word for these people. Someone help me. Woman, 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 and uh, uh, end quote. Clearly mentioning that not using the word woman is a bit, or she at least finds it um, offensive if you're not using the word woman and you're just saying people who menstruate, right? That initial tweet garnered a lot of backlash, but the Harry Potter writer did not relent and wrote about her views in more detail. Quote, if, if sex isn't real, there's no same-sex attraction. If sex isn't real, the lived reality of women globally is erased. I know and love trans people, but erasing the concept of sex removes the, the ability of many to meaningfully discuss their lives. It isn't hate to speak the truth. The idea that women like me, who've been empathetic to trans people for decades, feeling kinship because they are vulnerable in the same way as women, i.e. to male violence, uh, in their quote, hate, and uh, end in her quote, Trans people because they think sex is real and has lived consequences is a nonsense. Now, I'm going to reiterate that because I messed it up a bit there. I.e. to male violence, hate trans people because they think sex is real and has lived consequences is a nonsense. The idea that women like me who've been empathetic to trans... Oh, sorry, I'm rereading the thing. The next one is, I respect every trans person's right to live any way that feels authentic and comfortable to them. I'd march with you if you were discriminated against on the basis of being trans. At the same time, my life has been shaped by being female. I do not believe it's hateful to say so. I've never felt, uh, oh, and I believe this is a new thing. Yeah, I've never felt as shouted down, ignored, and targeted as a lesbian within our supposed uh, GLBT community. I, I assume she means LGBT community as I have been over the past couple of years and quotes that's now this was, um, uh, posted from, uh, this was a repost of a vel the velvet chronicle.com anonymous letter from a terrified lesbian. If you'd like to go read more about that. And I want to say that is where we're going to end because that pretty much sparks everything that we know from now. Um, technically from then on June 10th, Rowling published a lengthy post on her website and sent out a tooth that read Turf Wars. Quote, this isn't an easy piece of rare for reasons that will shortly become clear, but I know it's time to explain myself on the issue surrounded by toxicity. I write this without any desire to add that toxicity. For people who don't know, last December, I tweeted my support for Maya Forstarter, a tech specialist who lost her job that were denied transphobic tweets. She took her course to an employment tribunal, asking the judge to rule on whether a phys philosophical belief that sex is determined by biology is protected in law. The judge ruled that it was not. Rula explains that she became interested in trans issues while researching a character she's writing. Rowling also outlined, quote, five reasons for being worried about the new trans activism, end quote. Now, I'm going to end it there. You can read a lot, lot more from, again, this is a very good summation of everything that has happened. It is a little colored into one specific way, um, but I think it's pretty good at being neutral 
um, at the full context of the situation. I do... Again, I'm not here to tell you what you think. Whatever I just read, if you disagree or agree or are indifferent, and again, you just want to listen to the Naughty Dog story that's very close to coming up. It's up to you to decide that. I'm not here to tell you what to think. Um, I will have a conversation, though, with you. So, again, anyone in the comment section or you want to tweet at me at emm 1000 you want to have a discussion about this, I love talking about this stuff. It's, again, I love talking. It's like a bomb. It's literally like diffusing a bomb. You're going to make someone upset with whatever you say. Even even me, who I've pretty much just said, believe what you believe. Just don't push it on to others. I've made someone mad because I didn't take a definitive stance in either direction or, or not. But I'm not going to compromise myself. And no one at home should either. Um... Are there any final thoughts I want to leave the, with you, you guys with? I don't think so. I think, I think that's, yeah, I think that's, I think that's it. I think that's it. I think everyone, I think I, I said what I want to say pretty clearly. I, I messed it up a, quite a bit there um, because it, I am just talking to a camera right now. So I think that just kind of messed me up in the middle there. But hopefully I made my thoughts clear as I just don't think we should be judging others for something as small as buying a video game i just don't i don't think so i don't know if you disagree with me let me know i'd love to talk about this naughty dog i've been teasing it let's talk about it it seems there was a bit of snafu that brought naughty dog mainly neil Druckmann, into this conversation that we have around the gaming sphere as he gave an interview to buzzfeed and was asked about continuing with the last of us with another entry he said, quote, I know there's a bunch of people wondering about The Last of Us Part 3 and whether that will be a thing or not. All I could say is, at Naughty Dog, we're very, very privileged that our publisher is Sony, which means Sony funds our games, supports us, and we're owned by Sony. They have supported us every step of the way to follow our passions, meaning that just because something is successful, people think there's all this pressure and we have to make a sequel. That's not the case. For us, Uncharted was insanely successful. Uncharted 4 was one of our best-selling games. And we are able to put our final uh, brushstroke on that story and say that we're done. We're moving on. Likewise, with The Last of Us, it's up to us whether we want to continue it or not. Our process is the same thing we did when we did Part 2, which is if we can come up with a compelling story that has this universal message and statement about love, just like the first and second games did, then we will tell the story. If we can't come up with something, we have a very strong ending with part two, and that will. If we can't come up with something, we have a very strong ending with part two, and that will be the end. End quote. Of course, the next entry in the Last of Us series will be a multiplayer game called Factions, and when speaking about that, he said, "quote We've been pretty open about the next Last of Us game, uh, and it will be a multiplayer." Uh, sorry, let me restart. Quote. We've been pretty open that the next Last of Us game is going to be this multiplayer experience where you'll be able to enter the world of The Last of Us with your friend and get to experience the tension and the brutality of the world. And a brand new story and a cast of characters that live in another city that we haven't seen yet in the world of The Last of Us. This is going to be another chapter in the universe of The Last of Us. And whoa. I feel like if you are very, very, very tuned into the industry, I don't think you read something that completely surprises you here. Um, not to disperse you, if you, you are surprised by it. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm just saying, if you are very, very close to this industry, I don't think anything here surprises you. 
Naughty Dog can do literally whatever they want. They've we've heard about it. There's not even rumors. There's people kind of just saying it <laughs> where we all know Naughty Dog is the studio. They could do whatever they want if they want to make a Jack and Daxter crossover with Last of Us. I don't think anyone at Sony would really tell them no. I think they would be like, all right, you do what you want. Um, but uh, I think Neil's just making it clear. He did kind of tease. I want to say it was late last year that he already has an outline written up, but there's nothing currently in development. Um, if, if I was a betting man, they have uh, half of their team finishing up um, factions, maybe two thirds even. I don't know how far away factions is. I feel like it's close, but I, I said that last year. But I feel like they got at least half of their team, maybe more, working and finishing up on, on factions. And then they have the next team working on whatever new IP that they want to do. Because I really do think they're going to make a new IP before we see part three. And then when they're finished with that, we're getting part three. I, I know Neil. I think Neil. Neil, Jesus. I think Neil's being sincere here with his wording. He's saying very specific. Like, if we have a story we want to tell, we will tell it. And I and I and I agree. I agree. Like, but I don't believe necessarily. He's like, oh, if we don't come up with something good, we're not going to make it. I feel like he knows he has something good. I think he's just making sure that people don't think it's anytime soon. He's like, look, I, I'm I'm sure he's already pretty much written it out. What where he wants to leave three, and I assume part three. I think will be Uncharted four. Like this is it. Like we are done now. We're going to move on. But I really do think we're going to see factions. We're going to see the um, new IP. We're going to have we're going to give the team some time to work on something else. And then they're going to go hands on deck into the sequel to part three. And by that time frame, maybe Neil retires around that time. Who knows? Uh, we might have some fresh blood after uh, part three is done. I don't know. Very curious. Naughty Dog is, I think, arguably almost inarguably, but at least the top three studios in the world. And to me, they're the best studio we have in the games industry. And I'm always excited to see what they do. More departures coming from EA. Their most notorious studio, Bioware, as Mac Walters leaves the studio after nearly two decades. Mac Walters writes on LinkedIn, quote, with a new year comes new adventures. As some of you already know, at the end of last year, I decided to leave Bioware. These past 19 years have been life-changing experience, to say the least. And it made the choice to go very difficult. I've worked with so many wonderful people and had the privilege to be a part of the most amazing teams and projects. It's hard to fathom it all. And I know it'll be reflecting on it for years to come. Thank you for everyone. Thank you. Sorry. Thank you to everyone I've had the joy of working with. And I wish everyone at Bioware the very best in everything you do. It's truly been a pleasure. End quote. Mac Walters held a few different titles over his 19 years with being project director on the Mass Effect Legendary Edition and one of the lead writers for Mass Effect 2, 3 and many of its DLCs. At the time of leaving, he was the production, a production director of Dragon Age Dread Wolf. How many times are we going to cover these things? Bioware is bleeding talent. Um, I'm getting worried. I think I was getting worried. I'm now worried for their games. I'm worried about Dragon Age, and I'm worried about Mass Effect. They literally keep losing people in high positions. That's never good. Never. It's never a good sign that a writer leaves and to for, and to be fair he's not a writer but your production director just leaves in a game that probably is still two years away at the least 
two years away. Probably longer, knowing Bioware. So, very worried. I don't know what's going on over there. Very curious why it's gone so bad for people who are working there. Now, to be fair, he was there 19 years. So, like, you would think he would leave at the end of a game, or at least right before ship. This game doesn't have a date yet. So... That makes me worried. It makes me think like, ooh, you didn't want the credit, maybe. Like, well, I wonder if you didn't want anything stained or something. I don't know, but that was strange. It's very strange. Very, very strange. We'll have to see. Maybe EA is doing something. Maybe Bioware just doesn't have it anymore. I don't know. That's sad to say. As again, I'm playing Mass Effect uh, 3 right now. It's a fantastic game. And it's very sad that we haven't gotten a bioware game since then i know we've gotten anthem that's not what i'm talking about i know we've gotten mass effect genre but the closest thing we've gotten was dragon age acquisition and that was really good i think people really don't give that enough credit at how good that was i think it's actually very underrated to be frank it's very good the story is very good i think more people should have at least tried it i don't i think people kind of just weren't i don't know i don't know i'm very, I'm very curious why they, Dragon Age Inquisition didn't get the love because that was in an already quiet year where nothing else came out and no one really talks about that game in any sort of positivity, really, right? It, not necessarily negative either. They just kind of mention it like, yeah, Dragon Age Inquisition, and they move on. I'm like, wow, that was a fantastic game. The story was amazing. It was very, very, um, at least to me at the time, it was very original. I, even revisiting it, I feel like I'm like, I don't know, not, not many people are doing stuff like this, and it was very cool. I liked the combat and things. Like, there were some things, of course, that were repetitive. Of course, it was not a perfect game by any means, but I do feel like it was overlooked, even though it came out with nothing else. So, I don't know. I don't know. I'm curious what's going on in Bioware. Date updates. Life is Strange 2 coming to Switch February 2nd. Pathless will be coming to Xbox Series SX Switch. And it will be launching February 2nd. Very cool. I, I remember hearing about this game. Apparently it's very good. I believe it was only on PlayStation platforms. Now it's coming to everything else. It might have been only PC. I don't know. It's finally coming to the, the things though. Straight Lights has been announced by the France-based dev Embers. And will be coming, PC, uh, be coming to PC, PS4, PS5 xbox series s and x and xbox one and switch this spring looks very cool everyone check out the trailer i, I saw it today and wanted to make sure to uh, put in a date update so it looks very compelling I'm, I'm excited remnant from the ashes if you remember this game it's coming to switch march 21st story of the seasons i didn't get the full name story of uh, seasons the west it's a new release coming to the west um a wonderful life for the seasons a wonderful life uh it's coming to the west june 27th for ps5 xbox series snx switch and pc goldeneye 007 is coming to xbox game pass and nintendo switch online on january 27th wwe 2k23 is coming out march 17th with the deluxe and icon edition coming out march 14th john cena will be the cover athlete it's going to be available PS4, PS5, Xbox Series, SNX, and Xbox One, and PC. And that's all the day updates for you this week. Thanks so much for joining us. We're going to head into what's queued up. And of course, this could be a game, video game, comic book, a book, podcast, audiobook. I mean, really anything. TV show. What do you have queued up, Cheevers? Let me know in the comments below. Remember, you can tweet at me as well, at Amy 1000 
for me, my cue is finishing up Mass Effect 3. I'm pretty sure I can get that finished up by this weekend. And then, of course, I'll be leading into Fire Emblem Engage and Dead Space. Um, those two things, I'm sure, complement each other very well when played next to each other. So it'll be a very funny um, games to be going back and forth to. Very excited, though. Very excited to play. I'm very excited to revisit Dead Space because I do feel like, although it is remembered fondly, I, I just want to remembered more fondly you know like i really do feel like it is a an incredible game we will see if it uh holds up i really do think it does i really think it does and obviously the reviews are were stellar for the game so clearly people agree with me but that's all i have i have nothing really else to share i'll be playing dead space i'll be playing um some more final Emblem engage and hopefully i can finish mass effect 3 tonight we'll see but that's enough about me I want everyone at home to go enjoy the rest of their weekend. Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, remember you can support the show, like, comment, subscribe, share with a friend. You remember you can retweet the tweets and all these things. You can engage with me on social media. I mean, there's so many ways of supporting the show for free. And then, of course, if you'd like to support us financially, patreon.com slash Throw a buck or two. Always appreciate it. Thank you so much. Remember, go Chief.